Living in the Last Days, our focus next on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Are you convinced we're living in the last days? If not, keep listening as we turn to a passage that will make things crystal clear for you. These are difficult, perilous, and challenging times. And the Bible said it would be this way. So how are we to be living? We'll unpack that as we turn in our Bibles to 2 Timothy 3 and Daniel 12. Here we're given some of the signs of the last days. And after you hear this, you might be thinking we're offering a commentary of life as we know it. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. You know, as we make assessments on people in the last days, we need to be careful for those characteristics not to enter into our life. Notice he says in verse 2, they'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Scoffing at God in the New King James is blasphemers. In the last days, the songs of the culture will reflect that. The best-selling books will reflect that. The, the cable television shows, things on YouTube. Blasphemy will be on the lips of politicians, will be on the lips of movie stars, be on the uh, lips of the elite of society. Not only that, but next notice, in the last days, there'll be those that are disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. There'll just be a, a, a general rebellion among the youth, running wild with no restraint. The youth being under the influence of culture, being under the influence of substances, and yes, being under the influence of self. He says, notice, uh, not only disobedient to parents, but they'll be ungrateful. They'll consider, verse 2, nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. Unloving and unforgiving. And they'll slander others and have no self-control. In the old King James, which we haven't read, many of us haven't read in a long time, but I jotted a note down. In the old King James, unloving is translated without natural affection. And you see what's happening today with the rise of child abuse and child neglect and abortion, parents abandoning their children, the kids in the foster care system continue to increase. There's without natural affection. You see in a culture that just begins to choose self, Again, you can jot it down in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 tells us that the culture around the last days will be filled with people that leave their natural affection. So a rise in homosexuality and lesbianism and a rise in the confusion that comes alongside of abandoning God's definition of men and women and marriage. Then they'll be unforgiving and there'll be a hardness of heart uh, today, you could translate that word, there'll be a sense of irreconcilable differences, which, by the way, is one of the most popular reasons why divorce exists today. He says, why do you want to get a divorce? Well, we just, uh, we're just irre irreconcilable differences. Even in the church, as we were having appointments after appointments after appointments before this whole thing went down, some of the hardest, most difficult things our pastors are hearing was just before these things are closing down. 
and just couples coming in, but they really don't want to work on it. It's grateful couples are coming in, but like they're just wanting to devour one another. One of the most difficult couples I ever sat down with, I have in my mind a photographic memory of them sitting in my office and the wife just describing all of the illicit sinful things she did. I just had to, I had to stop her. She was crushing her husband. She had no desire to reconcile. And it just comes from a hard heart. We live in a society filled with hard hearts. And like society, you know, this, the, the, the world like, like dirt, you know, you walk out barefoot, your feet are going to get dirty. Living in this culture, you're going to get dirtied by this culture. That's why the Bible speaks of, and I love this with husbands and wives, but I think in a general sense, the Bible speaks of being washed with the water of the word to shake it off. I mean, you pick it up, but you got to shake it off. You dust off the dirt off the bottom of your feet and go, no, I'm not going to live for this world. I'm not going to live like this world because it's going to get worse and worse in the last days. Notice back, it says they're going to be unloving, unforgiving, and they're going to slander others. Been, you no need to answer this, but have you been slandered lately? I'll answer it for you. I have. That seems like a daily occasion. Somebody saying something about Ed. That's one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook anymore. I don't want to hear or see what you say about me when you slander me. Because anybody that would do that on social media and know how to get a hold of me, I, I don't have time for that. I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> lighten up the room a little bit. You guys just lighten up. But the last days, I mean, let me just say this by a, by a yes or no, and you guys online, yes or no, you guys listening on Grace FM, have I, are, you, are you convinced yet that we're in the last days? Yes or no? Okay, well, we'll just end the Bible study and head out. No, 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 because we're not done. Slanders without self-control. And it's just part of the end times. Just people beating each other up. People taking each other out. People in high levels of position of authority thinking that it's okay as a model to slander one another for political purposes or any other purposes for that matter. Notice, they'll have no self-control. Now we know in the Bible that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So apart from the Spirit, it's very difficult to practice self-control. Not impossible, just difficult. But notice, this is, a, this is a picture of the last day's culture. So the last day's culture is going to be out of control. And certainly it is today. Again, it says in the end of verse 3, they'll be cruel and hate what is good. Cruel and despisers of good. And the cruelty today is so hard. Where you do, you just say that, you, you, you make an assessment on something, you go, you know, that's just not bad, that's cruel. And, and, I, and not just that you word, we might use, we might use that word in various, various ways to describe the worst, worst kind of behavior that's mean-spirited. That's the last days. Notice verse 4, they'll betray their friends and be reckless and be puffed up with pride. In the New King James, traitors headstrong and haughty. And so when you hear the word traitor, you kind of think of it in terms of a governmental thing. But the New Living pulls that word out very well. It's not traitors, it's betrayal. It's betrayal of friends. And how is a betrayal, how does one choose betrayal? By being a lover of self. Everything starts at the beginning. Looking out for number one. Caring for only myself will lead to betrayal. Notice he says, 
They love pleasure rather than God. They're not God lovers. They're pleasure lovers. And that's interesting. Because nothing wrong with loving pleasure. God has given us all things richly to enjoy. So, so God is not wanting us to have like this joyless, unhappy life. No, there's nothing wrong with loving pleasure. God created it. And God made all kinds of things for us to enjoy. The problem is, is what's described here. They love pleasure rather than loving God. Loving pleasure rather than loving God. And even as we were praying today, so fitting, we prayed this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. The New Living says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Well, then he describes in verse 5, they'll act religious. They'll have a form of godliness, but they will reject the power that could have made them godly. They'll have a form of godliness, but they'll reject the power. They'll deny the power of God therein. They'll have an outward appearance. And I've always said, you know, if, if some of the folks that have an outward appearance, if they would just spend that time of putting up a front, they would just invest that time of putting up a front into living for God, what a powerful force they'd be in the culture. What a powerful force they'd be in the church. What a powerful force they would be in the name of Jesus Christ. If you wouldn't be spending all that time trying to put up a front, trying to remember who you lied to, what lie you said, how to come with some kind of appearance. Look at me, I'm godly. Look at me, I'm following. Look, mom and dad, I'm obeying you. But all the while behind the scenes, you're betraying, you're lying, you're deceitful, you're into things you know. And, and the whole thing is all because of hypocrisy. And he says, these that deny the power are counterfeits. As you jump down to verse 8, they have a counterfeit faith. And there's hypocrisy. These are the kind that worm their way in. Remember, we looked at this last time. Uh, the emphasis is not so much on women as it is on the vulnerability of the person. The vulnerability of the person that's been laid out in a position of being influenced and unprotected, men and women. And they bring confusion and false doctrine. It says again in verse 6, these are the kind who work their way into people's homes. They win the confidence of vulnerable women, burdened down with the guilt of sin, controlled by various desires, forever following new teachings. They're never able to understand the truth. And then there's opposition in verse 8. There are those that oppose the truth, just as Jans and Jambres opposed Moses, they have a depraved mind and a counterfeit faith. They won't get away with it for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just like it was with Janus and Jambres. Then verse 10, and this is where we'll close in this chapter. With all that in mind, we're already convinced. We've got to put ourselves in a, the position of Timothy here, as if the Holy Spirit is teaching us. And it says, but you, Timothy, but you, Ed, but you, Calvary, you certainly know what I taught and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from it all. 
Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. And this is where he's tying the believer with the culture and saying, look, in the last days, your desire to live a godly life. This is what, the con- this is what he's saying. Church, this is what he's saying. Your living in the last days combined with your desire to live a godly life will equal persecution. That's just the way it's going to be. You can't get around it. Oh, yes, I can, Ed. Yeah, here's the way to get around it. You live like the culture. And you sound like the culture. And you look like the culture. And, and yet you've got an appearance of godliness, but you're denying the very power of God. You're denying the, the very power of God that makes you godly, that has the ability to give you that depth of relationship. Listen, you and I, we are not going to get around the difficulties of the end times. I believe 100% fully convinced biblically and scripturally in a pre-tribulational premillennial rapture. I believe it. I believe that the Lord's coming back before the great tribulation period. But let's just say I'm in error that perhaps Jesus will return after the tribulation period. Because the reality of this expectation to avoid the tribulation period has some believers thinking they won't have trouble. That it's going to be fine. And I won't have to go through the great tribulation period. And I say praise God. And there's a lot of biblical reasons for that. I, I firmly believe that. But let's just say it's at the end. It doesn't matter either way. You're going to face hard trials in your life as we are closer to the coming of the Lord than ever before. That we are closer to his soon return. And yeah, if, if uh, the Lord returns after uh, the tribulation, I'll change my theology then and I'll just fix it all and go back and edit the tapes. Actually, we don't have tapes anymore. We'll edit whatever we're using What are we using now? Digital files. We'll have somebody go in and edit it. Because it doesn't matter really. If you're living for the soon return of Jesus Christ, you will be happy when he comes back. And you'll be excited when he returns. Now, notice he says that in the last days, in verse 13, evil people and imposters will flourish. They'll deceive others and they themselves will be deceived. But you, Timothy, you, Ed, you, Calvary, listen, you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they're true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. And with this time of quarantine and being at home, ears have been very itchy. And I've received probably more YouTube links for things for me to watch and comment on and answer questions in the last 12 weeks than I probably have in the last 12 months. Because people are just, they're just going and my cousin saw this and sent it to me and I saw this on Facebook. The Bible says imposters in the last days will arise. So be careful. It's okay to cling to the simplicity of the gospel. And to trust the Lord, especially in tough times. Yeah, but, but this guy says this. Yeah, but it's not what you were taught. But, but she, I got this video and she said this is happening. It's not what you were taught. And you know as well as I do, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to watch everybody's YouTube videos. There's a reason why I'm not watching them to begin with. And so I'll answer, or I'll respond to the email. What is your question? And I'll answer it biblically. And usually it's a one or two sentence answer. It's a one or, they watch five hours of YouTube videos. 
but a two-sentence answer settles it. Whatever the Bible has to say. It's like, this is what the Bible says. I, my latest one was on the Sabbath today. One of the sisters in the church, I think it was her daughter, said she watched this video and now she thinks we're worshiping the sun and we're following this and it's all because of the Sabbath. And I said, well, here I taught a Bible study on the Sabbath and listened to it and just, just tell, I said, I don't worship the sun. Do you worship the sun? Tell your daughter, we don't worship the sun. And that's it. Save yourself 45 minutes. Now, of course, if anyone says, like, under your breath right now or watching on, well, I kind of worship the sun, call us. Would you please? Call us. Let us fix your theology. I worship the sun, S-O-N, not the sun, S-U-N. But here it's troubled this girl, it's troubled her mom, and it comes into my email box, I'm not troubled. This is what the Bible says. Give her that answer. And you don't need to be troubled either. But if you veer off, you're going to find yourself listening to who? Like the New Living Translation says, imposters. People saying they're speaking in the name of God, but not speaking forth the word of God. You know, somebody could teach you for 60 minutes and never give you the word of God. You know that, right? And so be careful. Walk in wisdom. Invest that time in the word unlike that person that sent the video to you and said, I don't even want this stuff anymore. I don't need it. Because at the wrong time, in that vulnerable moment, your ears are itching. You're hurting. You're grieving. You're fearful. You're concerned. You're mad. You're frustrated with all your emotions flowing. And then boom, you don't think the enemy doesn't know that? You don't think there's a spiritual battle for your soul? You don't think there's warfare surrounding the, the enemy and this world system wanting to get in and influence your thinking and distract you from the cause of Jesus Christ? You're in the last days, so take heed to these warnings. Remain, notice verse 14. Remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. And, and here's the trust. If, if I'm the one that teaches you, here's the trust. Whatever I say, search it by the word of God. That's the trust that you can have. Search it by the word of God. And if it's an essential doctrine, we better be in agreement. But if it's one of those secondary things, then there's room for disagreement. Let's just make sure we major on what's important and not spend a lot of time arguing about things where there's two different viewpoints on it. We'll get back to the gospel. Anytime there's arguments, I'm just getting that sense, just narrowing it down, like, let's just go out and evangelize the lost. Why are we arguing about this? There are people lost and dying and going to hell. Let's go get them. And don't be all aggressive, like, okay, we're going to go out and get them. Like, let's, let's, let's love and share in our culture because love penetrates all this. So notice, verse 15, he says to Timothy, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Some of you, that's your testimony. Isn't that great? It's a testimony of my kids. Marie and I, we got saved, born again, early enough to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. But no matter when you were, some of you have that testimony. And then some of you are parents, no matter when you were born again, you began right away immediately to raise your kids in the ways of the Lord. You've been taught the whole... Notice what he was taught. He was taught the holy scriptures. That's what our kids need. Even if later on they decide to wander off, they decide to, to backslide, they decide to do, you know, even if you give them the scriptures. Parents, you have one job. Get your kids to heaven. Point them to the cross. 
Give them the good news of the gospel. Live it out by example. Humble yourself when you fail. But you got one job. Get your kids to the cross so that they can choose of their own free will to follow Jesus. So here he is. He's been given the scriptures from childhood. And, and we know that it was from his mom and his grandmother that gave him the scriptures. Praise God for you moms and grandmas. We love you and appreciate you. I had a grandmother that prayed for me constantly. And uh, I believe that God heard her prayers. Notice, they have given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. Why is your goal, parents and grandparents, to get the word of God in your kids? Because the word of God gives you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus, right? In another place, the Bible would say, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because it's with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. And then he ends in verse 16, all scriptures inspired of God and useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The last days, it's going to be wild and out of control. But it's going to be filled with men and women and boys and girls that walk in truth and are men and women of the Bible, enduring and persevering. And we could easily take each one of these attributes and see the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit in your life and mine. Enduring, not quitting. Remaining loyal, not betraying. Staying true and not walking in falsehood. Being grateful, not ungrateful. Submitting to your parents, not that you can go through the whole list and see that this is a pattern of God's Spirit in us and not the flesh. Well, we've been in the book of Daniel today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through the book. To hear today's study again, just visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. There you'll find our podcast, Pastor Ed's blog, our recent radio programs, a place to contact us, and even donate to the ministry as the Lord leads. That's AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to grow on the go is to download our free app, do a search for Calvary Aurora and listen to Pastor Ed when it's most convenient. This month, we picked out a book we think you'll enjoy. It would even make a great gift or stocking stuffer. It's The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel. Sort of like a journalist, Lee Strobel investigates the identity of the child in the manger, focusing on the hows and whys of Christmas. It'll serve to reaffirm your faith and help seekers pursue solid answers about the first coming of Christ. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember, this radio ministry is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you. And we'd appreciate it if you'd remember us in your year-end giving to the Lord. To request the case for Christmas, please call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. And as I mentioned a moment ago, you can make a secure donation to the ministry online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, Christmas is now just a few days away. And we want to take just a minute to tell our listeners about all our plans for Christmas Eve here at Calvary Church in Aurora. What can you tell us about that? Well, you know, Larry, we're encouraged to be meeting here in person on Christmas Eve. We have three services scheduled. Uh, it's 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock right here at Calvary Church. We meet 
uh, here in, on the property in person. Of course, it's going to be available online as well, live on Grace FM for you guys that are local. Uh, but we're going to be here in person celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. All the information on that can be found at calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church, and uh, how to register and reserve a spot is all there on the website. We'd love to have you here. We're going to sing, we're going to rejoice, we're going to be excited, and we're going to celebrate, in a, even at the end of a difficult year, we're going to celebrate the gift of life found in Jesus Christ, proclaiming joy to the world. Again, that's Christmas Eve at 2, 4, and 6 p.m. here at Calvary Church in Aurora. And friend, if you'd like more information, a good place to go is our website. That is calvaryco.church. You can also watch our services live right there when you click Online Campus. Glad you've taken time out for our study in Daniel. We'll pick up where we left off next time we get together on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.